Cause I always have to steal my kisses from you I always have to steal my kisses from you I always have to steal my kisses from you Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. It is a Tuesday edition of the show. We are still in the wake of the 2023 NFL draft, but we're not going to talk about draft picks that the Bucks made. We're talking about the unsung heroes, the undrafted free agents that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, when the draft was done. There are a couple of key players that actually could be significant guys to the 53-man roster this year that we're very excited to talk about. And there's no better team than finding diamonds in the rough with undrafted free agents than your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let's get to it. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com, SR, Scott Reynolds. And Scott... I already said it, but if there's any team that can find a impact undrafted free agent, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is it not? Yeah, it is, Matt. Hello, Peter people. Uh, this team has done a really good job throughout the years of getting guys, uh, going back to like Ernest Graham, the running back out of Florida, Peyton Barber out of Auburn. Auburn. Adam Humphreys was was a heck of a receiver. Cam Brate was one of the, the better free agent finds, undrafted free agent finds for this team. Uh, DeMar Dotson, probably the best, right? I mean, a 10-year starter at right tackle. So there's been an awful lot of guys. Shelton Quarles came from the Canadian Football Football League, but he was one of those players as well. Ryan Neese was on the Super Bowl team back in 2002. And Devin Tompkins, you're uh, you're, you're starting kick returner for the time being, but at least got some playing time last year. That's right. So there's there's definitely uh, something to the Buccaneers finding undrafted free agents, and uh, and you can find some real steals here. That's right, Nick Leverett, yeah, undrafted free Bucks agent fan. as well. Nick That's as right. Well. Yeah, so this this team has done a really good job of finding some real key pieces. Uh, Aaron Stinney was another one of those players. He spent some time with the Titans first, but then came to came to the Buccaneers. That's right, uh, Anakin's. It, it is going to be probably the best Peter Report podcast we've ever done. That's right. So if you're listening today to the show, if you're watching us, you're in for a treat because uh, it's it's going to be stellar. It, matter of fact, we're two minutes in. It'll be a special show. I very, very much think so. And uh, yeah, appreciate everybody in the comments. Appreciate everyone uh, giving your feedback. See uh, J.C. Allen in the in the comments as well. Brandon Fellow Walton, reporter. Yeah. Brandon Walton is another one. Yeah, it seems like for whatever reason, Offensive tackle is one of the big positions that the Bucs were able to find. And with the need at, uh, I said offensive tackle, offensive line in general, but with the yeah. need at offensive tackle for the Bucs this year, <clears throat> could be someone that cracks the 53-man roster. But I think looking at this year's draft class, you know, a lot of us anticipated maybe an Anton Harrison mm-hmm. at offensive tackle, maybe a Sidney Brown at safety, um, maybe a running back whether it's Tajay Spears, right. you name it. Um, those are some of the positions that were not addressed in the NFL draft. And Jason Light said it best. Listen, we can't fill everything just with the draft. You know, the, right. the season is still a couple of months away. There's more than one way to skin a cat. You have free agency. You have the draft. Undrafted free agency is another one that kind of helps build out your whole team. And we talked about how cuts happening 
in June and cuts happening during training camp. That's how the Bucs are also going to fill out their roster. So don't be concerned just yet that there might not be that starting offensive tackle that you're looking for or that there's not an RB4 on the roster just yet because the Bucs may have found their RB, maybe not even RB4, maybe their RB3 or RB2 uh, with one of their undrafted free agents. I think the the headliner of this entire class, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but Sean Tucker out of Syracuse sounds like the headliner of this undrafted free agent draft class. Yeah, he really is. He's a, a, a bit of a dynamo as a running back. He's um, built low to the ground. He's not maybe that angry runner that the Buccaneers were kind of hoping and trying to get. But, you know, in this wide zone run scheme that's coming from Seattle, uh, he he is certainly kind of a one-cut runner who can excel in that type of scheme. Has a, a good acceleration, uh, probably better acceleration than long speed, but I, I really think that that he is one of those those players that um, you know he he comes with some medical baggage, if you will. Right, um, that's the scary part. Of it yeah. All. Now the team does feel pretty good. He he had a heart condition that was diagnosed at the combine. And they do feel that, that it is clearing up and that it will clear up. I don't know if it's myocarditis or pericarditis or, or, or anything like that. I'm not sure. Um, but it is something that will clear up without surgery, without any type of, of operation, um, which is good, right? That's, that's exactly what you, you, know, what you want. Um, so that there's no long-term ramifications. But, yeah, this is a player that, that they're, they're very excited about. He, uh, you know, he... He's, I, I think, going to be a player that that has a, a chance to make this roster and will make this roster. Um, I, I feel pretty confident that in his, you know, the, the biggest thing for him is is when is he going to be medically cleared? Right. Probably not. Well, it's not going to be for the the rookie minicamp. It's probably not going to be for OTAs, but it certainly might be a, you know. A, Training camp, I, I think that's kind of what they're shooting for. Maybe later, uh, maybe for the mandatory mini camp in June. You know, we'll have to see. But but he is a, a player that that comes with a lot of production. You look at his his sophomore year at Syracuse. Oh yeah, uh, fourteen hundred ninety six yards, average six point one yards per carry, twelve touchdowns, twenty catches, average twelve point eight yards per uh, per catch, two touchdowns. Last year, the numbers were a little bit less underwhelming, 1,060 yards, a 5.1-yard average, 11 touchdowns. But he's proven he could be a 1,000-yard rusher at the college level. Caught the ball a little bit more, 36 catches for 254 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, he, he definitely is one of those headliners. The Buccaneers have Ronnie Brown in uh, as probably that, that running back for the rookie minicamp, and he'll He'll help out on the, the initial roster. This is the look right here of, of all of their undrafted free agents, and we'll kind of go through them. But um, the, the guys in Pewter are the players that, that kind of caught our attention, that we've heard some very good things uh, on uh, and about from the Bucks front office. So it, you see the one-two punch there at Sean Tucker and Ronnie Brown at wide receiver. Uh, Ronnie Brown's from Shepard, a smaller Division II school, but uh, certainly was a, a capable runner there, probably a tick faster than Tucker. But the wide receivers they're pretty excited about, too. As we, we mentioned, Matt, this team did need some wide receivers. Uh, let, let's take a look real quick at as we get on these positions here at where the Buccaneers stand, right? And let's take a look at the, at the quarterbacks. 
You can see right there, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, they need a, a number three quarterback. They, do. they got a couple guys in for rookie tryouts, right? And then there's the running back depth chart. The, the names in black, those are in ink. And then the names in pewter are either it's an open spot right now or like Patrick Laird is already on the roster. Then you can see in orange the undrafted free agents. So that's the depth chart at running back right there, Matt. And you think Tucker probably has a chance to unseat Laird as that number four running back and maybe even move up. I really do think so. And shout out to uh, Syracuse having a good uh, a good college football season last year. It's been a long time since Syracuse has really made some noise at the collegiate landscape. But what really stood out to me and, and one of the, the real positive skill sets of Sean Tucker is his overall vision. Um, he's not always going to break every single tackle. He is fairly explosive once he, he gets a, a little bit of a head start. He can move down the field, doesn't have that necessarily that home run threat that other running backs have. But in a zone style of offense, which the Bucs are going to run, his vision could stand out tenfold on this team. Another thing I thought was so interesting about Sean Tucker, he was at the combine. This guy is all business, like straight up. All he cares about is playing football, doesn't really care about entertaining the media or anybody like that. You ask him a question, he gives you a direct yes or no. Did you meet with the Bucs? No. <laughs> That's it. Like, no, no yeah. elaborate or anything like that. The best way I can describe it, it's sort of like for any basketball fans out there. It's, it's sort of like how Kawhi Leonard uh, answers or, or talks in his uh, mm-hmm. post-game interviews. Sean Tucker, exciting player. Um, again, not like the all-world skill set that you would see in like a B. John Robinson or something like that. But his right. vision is really exciting. He's going to find the hole. And I think it's very complimentary of... Rashad White, if this ends up being a one-two combination, that's a long ways away from here. But if you want to envision that, you know, Rashad White is very elusive. He can break the tackles. He's that violent runner. There's some violence to Sean Tucker. Yeah. But he's going to be like, hey, I'm not going to hit you head on. I'm just going to beat you to the angle and get that extra 10 to 15 yards. So I thought that's really cool with Sean Tucker that he can kind of just beat defenses that way. He's quick enough where, obviously, if he makes his team, he would end up playing special teams early on. Definitely has a high football IQ to do that. But, you know, Laird, I think, is fine as a as an overall a practice squad type of player. Keyshawn Vaughn, I'm not in love with. And Chase Edmonds, veteran player, knows the game. I'm not sure how much he's really going to contribute to the Bucs this year. So I can see Sean yeah. Tucker fighting to not only make this team, but, you know, get to that third running back role and maybe eventually RB2. Long ways to go, but I, I think there's a lot of potential with it. Yeah, I do too. I, I'm, I'm excited about about the, the potential that he brings to this team. And, and um, you know, it, we might have to wait a little bit to see that potential kind of come to fruition just because of the heart condition as it, as it uh, you know, uh, clears up. Out, yeah. But the Buccaneers wouldn't have signed him if he didn't get uh, – the medical clearance from the combine. He went back for retesting and, and that, that heart issue is clearing up. So that's good. And, and we'll see how he ends up going. Mark Fisher, always a friend to the program here. Anyone in the USFL or XFL, you know, of the bucks might be interested in, no, haven't heard a thing. If they're interested, they'll sign him. Um, But we've not seen the Buccaneers really dive into anybody from the XFL or USFL here in recent years. So I think they're more, um, focused on the draft and, and undrafted free agents at this time. 
but we'll see. The, the, you know, Rob McCartney and his pro personnel staff, they're always looking, the player personnel staff on the pro side, at, at the players, John Spitek in the mix as well. So we'll, we'll see if, if Tampa Bay dives yeah, the, in, into that The Bucks uh, typically don't leave any stone unturned. Yeah. And, of course, uh, P.J. Walker from the XFL killed the Bucks last year. So right. uh, they're well aware what the talent of the XFL yeah. and USFL can can bring at the NFL level. Yep. Yeah. So looking back at this list here, um, actually, that's the wrong list. Let me get the right list here. Here we go. Undrafted free agents. So let's look at the wide receivers now. You got Maryland wide receiver Rakeem Jarrett, Kansas State wide receiver Cade Warner. That is the son of yep. Hall of Famer Kurt Warner, who started his career at Nebraska, then transferred to K-State the last two years and really emerged as, as a, a good receiver last year for the Big 12 champions. And TCU wide receiver Tay Barber, um, uh, who hung around and, and racked up some yards and catches there, but really was not a dynamic player. Furman wide receiver Ryan Miller actually played some time as a small tight end, but he'll be making the transition to to wide receiver. Then they brought in another tight end, Tanner Talua. And, you know, it's a uh, Illinois State. It's a smaller school. So let's take a look at the Bucks wide receivers and tight ends depth chart and kind of see where things stack up there. So there you are. Again, uh, your starters, the guys that are going to make the roster, those are in, in ink, in black ink. And then you've got the draft picks, Trey Palmer and Payne Durham, they're in green. The existing players that were already on the roster on the depth chart, not guaranteed to make the team by any means, are in pewter. And then in orange are the undrafted free agents, Matt. So uh, what are your thoughts on on the wide receiver and tight end positions here? Obviously, the Buccaneers probably need a, a fourth tight end, and they'll probably keep six wide receivers with someone to handle special teams duty. Yeah, it's kind of like how it was last year, where outside of the top three with Evans Godwin and, and Russell Gage, it's open competition. I mean, we're all pretty high on on Trey Palmer, but he was also a six-round pick. There's no guarantee he's going right. to make this team. You know, Devin Tompkins worked his way up. And same with Kaylin Geiger, but Tompkins obviously got much more of an opportunity. Geiger worked his way up. Um, after they released or waived Jalen Darden, was able yeah. to become a, a kick returner. I don't think Tompkins lit the world on fire by any means. I don't think it's uh, he's the leader in the clubhouse, but yeah. I don't. I wouldn't say it's his job to lose. I, I would say he's on equal footing. Um, so you know, some of the guys coming in, Barber ran a four four five a forty yard dash. So obviously that speed sticks out, but he's five yeah. ten, and I'm just. I don't know. I'm a little tired. Obviously, it's a little bit taller than some of the other guys that we've seen in the past, a la Scotty Miller or, yeah. you know, Geiger and Tompkins for that matter, too. But I don't know. Like, you see Trey Palmer a little bit taller at 6'1 and has even more speed there. I, I just – I want to go away from the smaller, speedy wide receiver. I yeah. totally get that the Bucks have dealt with that for a while. Cade Warner obviously would bring some buzz with – uh, the connection to his dad being a Hall of Fame wide receiver. You know him a lot, Scott, from, from Kansas yeah. State. I think he lines up more as a slot type of wide receiver at the NFL level, but he made some really crazy catches um, at Kansas State. There was one particular against TCU where he yeah. like jumped in front of the wide the cornerback to make the catch in the end zone. He had some deep plays down the field, so um, seems pretty sure-handed and has that capability. Uh, but like I said, it, it's very open competition with all of these wide receivers listed to to make this team. And that's kind of the route that the Bucs are going to go, at least for the time being, because 
the past couple of years when they've invested in a wide receiver, it's been a later round pick saying, okay, we like things about this guy, but nothing is clear cut. Nothing is settled just yet. So uh, yeah. it'll be a fun little side story. Obviously not as important as uh, the quarterback competition or who's going to be starting right. offensive guard next to, to center Ryan Jensen. But you know, there's a, uh, it's another storyline to pay attention to during training camp. Well, one thing that's always important is our super chats. And Adam, Adam Hamilton has Adam blessed Hamilton. us and yeah, and graced us with another one. We appreciate it. Boys, draft was a blast with y'all. We appreciate your participation, Adam. Appreciate y'all. Thinking our class is looking pretty good, ready for week one. God bless. Uh, the Bucks, you, Adam. The Bucks quite aren't there yet in terms of week one, but they love your enthusiasm, and we do too here at Peter Report. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I – I tell you, Matt, we, you know, we're, we're spending today and thank you very much for that super chat. We're spending today talking about the undrafted free agents. If you want to go back and listen to our analysis of the draft picks, uh, please do so. We invite you to do so. We had a, a great show yesterday yes, and probably the best Peter report podcast we've ever done. If we're just being honest. And, and today it's great. We're about 17 minutes into it where I think we're already on pace to beat it, which is awesome. Yeah. But I mean, that's a pretty solid group right there. I mean, w- these guys have not played a down yet. I understand that. This is about projections. Every team, it's all about pr- projections right now. These guys have not laced up the cleats. They have not put on their respective helmets uh, at the NFL level. They have not even touched the grass yet for a rookie minicamp. But this draft class from the first pick to the last, there's some solid guys on this team. And this undrafted free agent class, I think really has some steals. I think there's some real finds here. Let's let's continue with the list here. Let's look at the offensive lineman. Chris Murray's one of those guys, you know, and and top thirty uh, visit, top thirty visit exactly, you know, and uh, um, you know, we've got the other guys, Raheem Jarrett, Kurt, uh, Cade Warner. I think those are the two guys to kind of keep an eye on at the receiver spot, just because you know Jarrett's kind of a polished. Uh, you know, speedy, quick guy. Cade Warner is just Cade Warner reminds me of, of Adam Humphreys a yeah. little bit. Just, <laughs> just gritty, tough, hard nose, knows how to get open, moves the chains, not terribly flashy, great football IQ, right? Um, probably will will play above his athletic ability, you know, not not by a whole bunch, but I'm I'm just saying, like he he's a guy that could stick as that number six receiver. He'll be a, a, a special teams you know, guy in training camp to keep an eye on in the preseason as well. But this Chris Murray guy, uh, and they brought in a couple of other guys that played tackle, Silas, uh, 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 I guess it's... Zonzi? Zonzi? I think the Z is kind of like silent. I, yeah, I think the it's Z or Z has to be silent. Right. I'm with you. Let's go with Zonzi until we hear otherwise. I like that. And, Sounds cooler. Zonzi. Yeah. And, yeah. And then Luke Haggard. But this Chris Murray guy, uh, just haven't watched a lot of Big 12 football. He really is, the aside from Sean Tucker... He's the other guy that really kind of excites me. Uh, very short, compact build, like 6'1", 294 pounds, very short arms. Think like Shaq Mason, okay? Right. But probably not as quick off the ball, but even more nasty. This guy is just, he's very quick, very adept at pulling, perfect for the wide zone. He's going to move inside to center where his shorter arms will, will be, uh, you know, kind of hidden a little bit more. And I'm telling you, keep an eye on this guy. He he might stick as a practice squad guy. He might stick as offensive lineman number 10. Scrappy, tough, hard-nosed, uh, aggressive. He's he's like the 
he plays like Cody Mock. Uh, like just he'll bury you, man. Like he yeah. wants to just <laughs> get the shovel out and bury you. And really fun guy to watch. And so I could see why they brought him in for a top 30 visit, Matt. They weren't probably going to draft him. He doesn't have draftable grade given his measurables, but just a fun guy to watch. And that's why the Bucs did their due diligence. People were wondering why did they bring in a guy that might not even get drafted in for a top 30 visit. And Scott, you explained it perfectly where it's like, well, sometimes you want to plan ahead for these undrafted free agents. You bring them into the building. You have some face time with them talk with them beforehand then when they when you're an undrafted free agent the ball's in your court you get to decide who you want to play for. i mean not every not all 32 teams are gonna be looking for you but you have your opportunity with a couple of different teams you get to pick so having that face time already really helps out the, the bucks in this situation and i'm okay with the fact that he's got short arms i i think yeah. it gets a little bit overblown like an offensive lineman you want to get your hands on the defensive lineman as quickly as possible so you get that short right. little pop right at yeah. him. I don't think the short arms, especially at center, is going to you know destroy your development or it's going yeah. to perturb you from being in the NFL just because of that one flaw. Every single person entering the draft has some type of flaw. No, right. There's not even there's no such thing as the absolute perfect prospect. So very exciting there. Um, going back to Zanzi real quick. Yeah. Um, Listed as an offensive tackle, but he's played all across the offensive line. Right. He's played both offensive tackle sides. He's played guard as well. Very big guy. Needs to work on his pass blocking um, a little bit, but he's just got like huge size, obviously, and, yeah. and a very strong offensive lineman as well. So Bucks love that versatility. If you're coming in as an undrafted free agent, you obviously have to be willing to really play any of those positions. And that yeah. goes back to Nick Leverett. Like Nick Leverett mm -hmm. has never played center before. <laughs> and then right. all of a sudden in a preseason game, he's lining up at center. So you yeah. gotta be really willing to do a little bit of everything, a uh, bit of a raw skill with, he Sansi. started at left tackle against the Bengals in a preseason game. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he, that versatility gets you everywhere on the offensive line. And when you look at, at the, the depth chart here, right, we've got eight guys that are in, in, in ink, right? The other guys are in pencil. Tristan Wirfs, obviously, Luke Gedeke, Brandon Walton, Cody Malk. Uh, those are your your tag. They list Cody Malk as a, as a tackle. He really should be in the guard column. Right. But Jason Andre even confirmed it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so so slide him over. Okay, you got Matt Filer, who probably will get a shot at, at right tackle, but is was signed to be a candidate for left guard. That's where he's played the last couple of years. And you have Nick Leverett, who's probably. Out of all these guys, probably um, right there at number eight, if you're listing them from one through eight, Ryan Jensen's your starting Pro Bowl center. Robert Hainsey will get a shot at guard. He'll also be the backup center. And then you've got you know a couple of couple of tackles. Dylan Cook, who was in training camp last year, same with Justin School. Mm -hmm. um, Grant Hermans is a bigger guy, like 6'5", 310, coming out of uh, Purdue. Michael Neese is another one. So they, they've got a couple of candidates there who might be the next Brandon Walton type that can kind of elevate. They like Brandon Walton a lot. If Brandon Walton doesn't win that right tackle job, he's probably the front runner right now for being that Josh Wells swing tackle type. He's got the athleticism to play left and right side. So right now, the reason why Brandon Walton's in pen is because he's going to get a shot at that starting right tackle job. But at the very least, he might be that fallback option but as you you mentioned, you've got Zanzi, you've got Haggard here, and Murray. So the cupboard's not bare here. Uh, will this preclude the Buccaneers from you know say drafting uh, or not drafting, but signing another 
offensive tackle? No, it will not. Uh, and and our, our new asked the question, uh, do you expect the Bucks to sign a free agent tackle in the post-draft free agency? I mean, they've they've signed a couple in Zanzi and Haggard, but they there might be a veteran that becomes available after the draft, right? You're going to see some movement here on these rosters, Matt, after mm-hmm. the Bucks rookie minicamp. And, and we have a, a question here from Alex. When does rookie minicamp start? That's going to be uh, next weekend. Next right? weekend. Yeah. Coming right up. Yeah, very exciting. Uh, first opportunity to look at these rookies, uh, both drafted and undrafted. I just want everyone to go in with an open mind that we're not going to see a crazy amount, especially from like Kalijah Kansi or, or Cody yeah. Mock, because they're not in pads. Um, there's not going to be smashing of the helmets or anything of that. It's just good to get a first look, especially it'll be exciting to see like Sean Tucker, and uh, and Trey Palmer, obviously, this is a little bit yeah. more of a time for the skilled players to shine. But nonetheless, good to, you know, just see them up close and personal. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, we would be remiss if we if we didn't pay some bills. And we always do that with our our amazing sponsor over at Celsius. Uh, Celsius is the official energy drink of Peter Report. Uh, you might have heard of Celsius. We, we talk about it quite a lot because we drink it, too. It's not just something that. Uh, what do you drink? Hey, a tropical vibe, Matt. I was rocking a, an Oasis vibe, my new favorite flavor. It's moved up to number one. It's bumped orange for the time being. Orange is going to come back. But I'm telling you, it's it's my number one pick. Maybe it should be yours, too. Uh, Celsius at Oasis vibe is only available right now at Target. So it's going to be available at Target first, and you can get it everywhere else after that. But the places I like to go to get my Celsius uh, especially if I'm traveling, Matt, when, when we went to Indianapolis, we were dying without Celsius for the first day. We're like, this is ridiculous. We need to go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, which we did. And we typed in our address, which was the hotel right across the street from, from Lucas oil field, right yeah. where the combine was. And we found a CBS that had Celsius and our life, our lives were literally saved. Uh, it's it's that amazing of an I, I was relieved. It will save your life. I was relieved once we found it. Yeah, yeah. And so we went there and and we and here's what you can do. You can go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, type in your address, and find out where those convenience stores, those drug stores, those um, health and fitness stores, grocery stores, and bodegas. Bo 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 bodega. You know what, Scott? I'm actually going to New York this week and you're I'm actually going, going to go to a, ba- a bodega i am gonna go to a bodega i'm going to buy a celsius and i'm going to send it to you guys and we will promote it on uh on peter report you and gotta tweet it out media yeah, as well sure. i'm gonna tweet it out that yeah. i'm going to my local bodega and picking up a celsius energy drink yeah celsius it's essential energy it's great because there's all the energy you need with no sugar crest because there's no sugar so it's that simple whether it's the new sparkling lime the new oasis vibe the new green apple cherry they've got all sorts of amazing flavors and you can't go wrong with any of the vibes the new fantasy vibe or the arctic vibe which was the number one flavor from pewter report readers in our poll and the peach vibe make celsius your choice for your energy drink so we certainly do at pewter report Matt, we've got to talk some defense now. My favorite side of the ball. Um, although I like those defense. offensive players, man. I, I like defense. those players. Yes. Um, so let's take a look at at uh, our list again of the Bucks' defensive undrafted free agents that they signed. And well, before we do that, let's talk about tomorrow night's show because tomorrow we've got a very busy day ahead of us. We have the 
defensive coaches. We're getting ready to talk defense. So that's Larry Foote, and he's got his game face on already, Matt. It's it's uh, you know, there's no joke with that guy. He is all business, and he is the co-defensive coordinator. Will he or Casey Rogers be the actual play caller? This year, will Todd Bowles cede that duty to one of those two? He's talked about it. We'll find out. Bowles said that he probably wouldn't make the determination until after training camp. So it's either going to be Todd Bowles calling plays again or Larry Foote or Casey Rogers, the defensive line coach, will be calling the plays on defense. Larry Foote is the inside linebackers coach. We'll get his reaction to Devin White. Um, yeah, yeah not, that's going to be around, uh... right? That's going to be a storyline that obviously has been talked about a ton around the box. But then, you know, the draft gets here, and you don't forget about the, the Devin White story, but it, right. it takes a little bit of a backseat, but obviously going to be a main focus specifically for Larry Foote. Larry Foote's been another advocate for Devin White. He's yeah. talked a lot about how he's given him advice, especially on how to get that second contract. I don't think Larry Foote said, all right, Devin, this is what you got to do. Demand a trade immediately. That's right. And have no <laughs> bargaining power behind it. I don't think yeah. Larry Foote said that, but um, that, Larry's a very open guy. So yeah. I don't think he'll hold back with just his overall I thoughts know. about what's going on with Devin. Uh, will be very interesting to hear yeah. safety's coach Nick Rapone, what he's got to say about Ryan Neal and what's next for Antoine Winfield Jr. I'm sure he's very happy that he's going to be staying back at free safety and not yes. moving to the nickel as much. So the Bucks assistant coaches, don't get me wrong, Love Todd Bowles, love Jason yep. Light. Uh, obviously, we speak to Todd on a on a daily basis during the season. But the assistant coaches, when we get them, they just they give a ton of great, great information. And not like insider stuff that Todd Bowles would be like, what the hell are you doing telling them this information? Um, but it, it truly is great talking to both the offensive and defensive coaches. We get defense tomorrow, 10-15. We get offense next week at 10 30 so uh will be a lot of fun we'll have a ton of clips and everything to put on uh the podcast for uh tomorrow's episode so make sure you stay tuned to that right uh, i think we may have lost scott Yep, I think we lost Scott. So in the meantime, I'm going to keep it rolling. Let's get back to the graphic for today's show, if I can find it. In the meantime, make sure you are following Pewter Report on all of our social media for the best Bucks coverage that you can find on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We are at Pewter Report. And then, of course, our YouTube channel, we are at Pewter Report TV. Uh, we've been putting a lot of content up, whether it's draft profiles of the newest Buccaneers that have been drafted. Um, some great conversations about Tristan Wirfs moving to left tackle and Blue Gedeke moving to right tackle. So um, a ton of great videos. We put one up as well about Trey Palmer. How much of an impact can he have with the Buccaneers as a wide receiver, the um, overall uh, six-round pick out of Nebraska? So should be... Very interesting to see what he can do for the Bucs at wide receiver. But like we talked about, let's stick with the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, Bucks made some more picks or undrafted free agent signings, I should say, over on the defensive side, particularly in the secondary. But we'll just go throughout the whole list, and Scott will be back on. 
with us um, in just one moment. Here's the defensive line for the Bucks as it stands. Uh, you got Vita Vea and Logan Hall. Kalija Kansi, the first-round pick. Greg Gaines, Pat O'Connor, Deidre Sinat, Mike Green, and Willington Prevalon. That's one of the last times I did that, like, pretty solo dolo, but it was fun to uh, get it off again. Uh, let's get to the undrafted free agent list. As you can see, defensively, the Bucks didn't really go with any defensive tackles, so... Um, they feel pretty clear cut with the um, with the group that they have going on. I'll throw it up one more time. The Bucks defensive line: Vita Vea, Logan Hall, Kalisha Cansey, Greg Gaines, and Pat O'Connor. Um, all pretty much slated to make this team, especially Vea, Hall, Cansey, and, and Greg Gaines. Pat O'Connor, more of a special teams guy, not a guarantee to make the roster by any means, but overall, um, shouldn't have too much of an issue making this roster. He's an overall locker room guy, well-liked by everybody, and probably could have been a special teams captain. Deidre Sinat was someone that uh, has bounced around the league. He was in Atlanta for a bit, came over to the Bucks, played his college football at USF. Could be another practice squad guy that gets called up on the day of the game, um, can help stuff out the run. Uh, but as far as the undrafted free agents go at the safety position... And defensive back, and I know Scott's a big fan of Jeremy Banks. We'll let, we'll let Scott talk about him. Uh, there are a couple of guys, though, at defensive back with uh, Chris Christian. He goes by Chris as well. Chris Izian and Kavion Merriweather out of Iowa. I want to talk about these guys just for um, a little bit. Chris Izian out of Rutgers. Todd Bowles, obviously, has seen a lot out of him. With the with his son playing at Rutgers, this guy, um, not the kind of height. I believe he's five ten, but that might not be a typical NFL strong suit. But for Todd Bowles and what he likes to work with, with um, his style of safeties, Izzyne is like the perfect size for him. Crazy athletic. Scott Reynolds is back with us now. Scott, I was just yep. talking about how. Defensively, uh, with the undrafted free agents, the Bucks didn't really address defensive tackle at all. So they really right. like the group that they have with their um, with their defensive tackles. They're going to roll with um, the list that I had just talked yeah. about with Vita Vea, Kalijah Cansey, and on and on. So I skipped over the inside linebackers because I know uh, you have a lot to say about Jeremy Banks. I want to save that for you. So I kind of yeah. cut the corner already, started talking about these safeties, and I'm very sure. excited to talk about Rutgers, Chris Izian insanely athletic yes 2020 was one of his best years the only time he had an interception in college football was in 2020 but he made the most of it with four interceptions that year around 510 smaller but a just physical physical frame really athletic his verticals are off the charts he made an exceptional one-handed interception i implore everybody to check out this highlight. Yeah, I was in the end zone too. It was yeah. in the end zone. It was against Nebraska before Trey Palmer was playing there. And um, it was a bootleg out to the right side. Izzyan was on the opposite side of the field, but was able to, you know, he moved over, but didn't over pursue. So he stayed in his spot and was able to make the one-handed interception. A crazy vertical, really athletic, hard-nosed. And one thing I really like is when he's in coverage, 
you know, there's a reason that he went undrafted. He, there, there are flaws in his game. But one of the things he does well is when he's in coverage, he turns his head back yeah. to make sure that he doesn't get penalized for pass interference. I think that's so important to teach in young defensive backs because you're already behind the eight ball as a defensive back in the NFL. They want to score yeah. more points the league. They want to benefit the wide receiver. So if you got your head turned around, that's half the battle right there. He's almost stealthily committing yeah. pass interference because if you get that head around, uh, they're not they're not going to call it as much there. So I yeah. really like what Chris Isian brings. Um, to and he'll get a shot at nickel. Like yes. he's going to compete with with uh, with Josh Hayes for that nickel role, D Delaney. But Kayvon Merriweather is another player this team really likes. They th- he's a just a tough physical dude as one um, member of the Bucks brass told me that, you know, he's, he's what you see is what you get typically from Iowa players, right? It was Tristan Wirfs, Jack Campbell, who they liked in this draft, Sam Laporta, another Hawkeye they liked. Yeah. So they had to settle for an undrafted free agent, but they got a pretty good one in Merriweather who was actually, he was in our very first mock draft back in January, he was a seventh round pick for the Bucks. So we've been on him for a little bit and he, you know, he's going to be in the mix. If you look at, at the at the safety position here, it's certainly one that needed to be addressed. Yes, the, the cornerbacks, you know, they stood pat in this draft. Josh Hayes is a nickelback, but he really played safety and nickel at K-State. He can play some corner. He played corner at North Dakota State when he was a teammate of, of Cody Malk. But uh, Derek Pitts Jr. is is the other guy that they brought in as an undrafted free agent there. So remember – they're going to have probably a total of, of 10 defensive backs between corners, nickels, and safeties. You're going to have those three guys right there at cornerback, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Zion McCollum, last year's fifth-round pick. Those those are the guys in ink. Don Gardner made an impression last year from South Dakota yeah. State in the preseason, so he's back for year two. Josh Hayes is the draft pick this year in the defensive backfield. And then Chris Izian, he's got a really good shot. Those two guys, Hayes and Izian, of actually being a starter this year at nickel. And then, Matt, we've been talking about this for months now. Only three safeties were on this roster uh, <laughs> after they signed Ryan Neal. Before Ryan Neal, it was just Winfield and Nolan Turner. Now they leave at least got a starter and Ryan Neal opposite Winfield. But Kayvon uh, Merriweather has a chance, like Chris Izian, to really make this roster at, as a safety. And Merriweather trained in Tampa during yeah. this uh, during this whole process, so that's very cool to see. Got an invite to the Senior Bowl as well. Yeah, I was a little surprised that he at least didn't get drafted at all. I thought he would have at least made it to the seventh round and got picked up by a team. So I was more than happy to see that he got picked up by the Bucks as an undrafted free agent. Yeah. Let's remember, Nolan Turner was an undrafted free agent that's last right. year coming out of Clemson. So more than likely that one of these guys ends up making the team based on necessity. Someone yeah. has to make this spot. It's not going to be guaranteed to Nolan Turner by any means. So Merriweather, I think has a pretty good opportunity. Yeah. Um, can play safety, can move around a little bit. Izzy and I'm very excited about he'll, he'll push Josh Hayes as well. And, and who knows, maybe if they like two of these guys, they, so one of them, one or two of them will end up making the practice squad, but yeah, you know, you never know. The Bucks like to mess around a little bit with the numbers of, of how many players per position on the roster. Right. It's not always set in stone. Sometimes they'll keep five wide receivers. Sometimes they'll keep six. Yep. Every year it's different. Well, and yeah, and you bring up a good point about the numbers. I, I put J.C. Allen's article, which just came out at 4 o'clock. It's a, a very in-depth, great job by J.C. 
of analyzing all of these undrafted free agents on the offensive side. So if you want even more analysis than what Matt and I are talking about, you can check out their stats. You can check out their highlight videos. JC has it covered. All of the offensive players, that story's up on pewterreport.com right now. Just put it in the chat. And tomorrow morning, we'll have his analysis, same thing, stats, highlight videos, et cetera, of the defensive players. So we'll continue on talking about the defensive players. Matt, you already addressed the fact that they're really no defensive linemen, so they're going to stand pat with what they have, at least right now, yeah. on the defensive line. The linebackers, though, different story. Let's take a look at, at the outside and inside linebackers. Obviously, the again, in black, that's the ink. The green players, those are draft picks. The pewter players, those are players that were on the roster right now and not guaranteed to make the roster. They'll get a challenge from the guys in orange who are the undrafted free agents. So that's how the, the color coding works on these. And outside linebackers, Matt, you talked about some positions like the secondary that might be in flux with their numbers. You could see four outside linebackers. You could see five. You could see four inside linebackers. You could see five, all depending on special teams and where those last couple guys on the 53-man roster, where they value out at. If they're going to keep their great special teamers, are they going to be inside linebackers, outside linebackers, DBs, receivers, tight ends? It's really going to depend, but you know they're going to keep at least four and four, but this might be yes. five and four or four and five. But you look right here, Shaq Barrett, Joe Tryon, Shawinka, Anthony Nelson, Yaya Diaby, and Jose Ramirez. If Ramirez sticks, if, if he, you know, if he shows out well on special teams and, and can really rush the passer well, they might be done there at outside linebacker. They might right. end up keeping five on that list just because of the fact that they have five guys they like the two draft picks and then the three guys under contract. So that might make Cam Gill. It might be an uphill battle for him mm -hmm. inside linebacker. You know, we'll see how committed they are to KJ Britt. Servasia Dennis is going to make it. Uh, I, I believe as at least number four, but Jeremy Banks, man, this guy that they got from Tennessee, I've heard some big time buzz from, from the Buccaneers when it comes to, Jeremy Bates, very athletic, four-five-three speed, uh, was a big-time producer at Tennessee, especially in 2021. That they really loved his production as as a pass rusher, uh, dropping in coverage. He's very fluid, big-time uh, producer uh, at the line of scrimmage. Just here's some of, of the numbers, and you're looking at a guy who's you know six-one, two hundred and thirty pounds. Got pretty good size. His junior season, he had 128 tackles. That's back in 2021. 128 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. He had an interception, four pass breakups. Last year, numbers dipped off a little bit. 53 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, four pass breakups, and a fumble recovery and a forced fumble. So he's he's a player that had some character issues yeah. at Tennessee. Matt, if he can straighten things out, and come here with a fresh slate and be professional, this is a real sleeper who could find his way on the active roster on special teams, and he might even be a guy that that could be considered to be a future starter. He's got that much athletic ability and that much potential. Yeah, he was dismissed from the team in 2019, had a couple of um, off-the-field incidences. Um, you can look it up if you want to. Uh, but when you watch the tape on him, yeah, he's just one of those players that absolutely 
flies around the field. And you had yep. the graphic up before about outside linebacker, inside linebacker is going to be very, very difficult for an outside linebacker as an undrafted free agent to make this team. But on the yep. flip side, inside linebacker, not going to say is wide open, but there is the road is a little bit larger to um right. to, to hop on and, and get that opportunity. KJ Britt, good special teams player. I don't know what to make of him as a as a regular inside linebacker. I think right. that ship has probably sailed. Obviously, Dennis is going to get an opportunity getting drafted there. But J.J. Russell, again, did not make the team out of training camp last year, and Gilbert was brought in uh, later on. So this is a huge opportunity for Bank. I, I think people look at like completely different situation, and Tyron Matthews' situation was – Clearly not as bad as what was going on with Banks. I mean, I think Tyron Matthew was just like smoking weed or whatever, which is not a big deal anymore. But, you know, Bruce Arians gave Tyron Matthew a second chance and he made the most of it and obviously has had a great career. That's exactly what Banks has to do in this situation because you might only have one chance in the NFL. And, um, you know, for him to come to the situation, he knows it's going to be Devin and Levante. But from three on down in terms of the depth chart for inside linebacker, the speed, the intangibles, just the aggressiveness that he brings to the field. There's a lot to like when you watch his highlight tape. Uh, You mentioned the numbers as well. Pretty good numbers, even though a little bit of a drop off last year. That doesn't necessarily concern me too much. Um, If you can find that diamond in the rough, especially at a position which is going to be super important next season, if you can find that now, that is giant gigantic for this box team it's crazy to to say this but i'm going to i can get a little crazy sometimes matt Uh, great devin white he's gonna play this year he's got no other option right the the team has made their stance known they didn't trade him they're not going to he's going to play this year if he holds out it's not going to do him a damn bit of good because he's not going to accrue a year towards free agency. He'll still be property of the Buccaneers, still have to play in that fifth-year option next year at age 26 rather than 25. So Devin wants to get that payday ASAP. Okay, well, the only way to do it is to go through it and then go through this year. You're not going to get it any faster if you hold out and sit out a year of football. Certainly no one's going to want to pay you if you're sitting out a year uh, for, for not playing and for essentially being a little bit of a malcontent. So Levante David will be 34 next January. There is a possibility that Devin White and Levante David are gone after this season. Right. And there is also a possibility that Servassier Dennis and Jeremy Banks might be the starting linebackers on this team in 2024. And that is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, If Jeremy Banks didn't have some of the character issues, he would have been a mid-round pick. Servasia Dennis was a fifth round pick. Um, I'm telling you right now, there are some people that are that are absolutely thrilled that say Jeremy Banks is the best undrafted free agent that this team has signed this year. That's over Sean Tucker. And if you look at the 49ers, and I, I'm not making any comparisons from a production or talent standpoint, just a where they were drafted standpoint. Fred Warner was a third round pick out of BYU. I think he's a pretty good player, Matt, for the 49ers. Would you agree? Uh, I would say pretty exceptional. Yeah. Dre Greenlaw was a fifth round pick out of Arkansas. Bucks liked him a lot coming out of the draft, right? So you don't have to to find a, a, an inside linebacker in the first round. Matter of fact, Boy. some of those guys 
uh, aren't as good as some of the guys that are drafted a little bit later. Levante David was a second round pick. Bobby Wagner was a second round pick. So I'm just saying the Buccaneers feel a hell of a lot better about their inside linebacker position for this year and for next year with KJ Britt. And if Jeremy Banks comes in and keeps his nose clean, puts his nose to the grindstone, just works, takes advantage of the second opportunity, lives up to his full potential. He and Servassier Dennis might just unseat KJ Britt for the linebacker roles going forward after 2024. If that situation after 2023, yes, yes. If that situation did present itself, uh, it would be kind of funny. You got Dennis team captain, military background, very disciplined. And then, you know, then you got banks off the field issues. They could really balance each other out. Yeah. And you bring up an excellent point. Linebackers can be found in later rounds. I I think we kind of look at it with blinders on a little bit because Devin white was a, top five pick we have to remember some people were against the Devin white pick at the time not pewterreport.com but people in general right didn't love the idea of picking an inside linebacker fifth overall just because you don't see linebackers go that much earlier so would i i don't know if i'd be happy about it um with those two linebackers just with all the inexperience, but if they had to go that route, then fine, at least get it started now. And then you can build around that. I'm still of the belief that Dennis could be one starter. And then you bring in another veteran. That's clearly not going to cost you as much as, as Levante or, or in this case, Devin white, but it's certainly something to look at, something to be optimistic about. And you got to trust Jason light. You got to trust the the front office. No front office is perfect. But I, I think if you look at, recent free agent signings and and draft picks made yeah. they deserve a little bit of credit you know I, I agree I, I I think I think this is we talked about yesterday this is the home run draft the bucks needed to come away with multiple guys again. it is yeah time will tell if there's a, a future Hall of Famer or a couple of pro bowlers in it like like what happened in 2020 with Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield jr but I agree with you man I think this is more like 2018 where you get a handful of guys. They can really play and be difference makers for this team, and and we shall see. So in this scenario, this is a, a trill G-boy, too. So in this scenario, we just let Devin White walk. That's why. Well, it might be a thing. Go ahead and explain be, it, Matt. It yeah. needs to be fleshed out a little bit right. more. You're right. letting Devin White walk because Devin White wants $100 million and $20 million a season, and the box one, probably won't be able to afford that, and two – don't want to pay that because Devin, while a good player, isn't yeah. playing at a $20 million per year level. That is the difference. The as Bucks, of right now. Yes. As he of right might now. this year, but yeah, he absolutely has to prove it. Yeah. He's got to prove we it. Like and... Devin White, the Bucks like Devin White. He's a good player, but he is not a $20 million no. per year player. That's what it really comes down to. And you're not technically just letting Devin White walk. You're going to get a comp- compensatory draft pick out of it. Yeah. And you're probably looking at a third round Absolutely. Comp pick, which is an awesome comp pick to get. Right. So you're essentially trading Devin White for a third round pick, which if you were to trade him right now, if teams had the money for it, which teams don't because right. we're later on in free agency, but if teams had the money for it and wanted to pay Devin White, yeah. you're probably maybe getting a second round at best. So 
overall, that's essentially the trade that you're going on. He's not yeah. just walking away for nothing. The Bucs would get something out of it. Yeah, and at the same time, too, the, the Buccaneers, remember, Todd Bowles is in a, a big season coming up, right? He, he wants a four-year starter calling his defense and playing, not some rookie per se, but we'll see how Servassier Dennis does. We'll see how Jeremy Banks progresses. If these guys show they can get on the field early or at least uh, are in contention for doing that, uh, remember – Roquan Smith was traded in season, yeah. right from the from uh, the Bears to the Chicago or from the Chicago Bears to the Baltimore the Ravens, Ravens. Yeah. in season for a two and a five. So, might be a thing where Devin White ends up playing and ends up starting and having a good season, and the Buccaneers say, you know what, we don't want to pay him. We don't want to maybe, you know, uh, or we like the young guys we have in the hopper that are going to be a lot cheaper and will allow us to do a lot more with our salary cap in future years, 2024 included, that they may decide not to have all of that uh, salary cap money tied up in an inside linebacker uh, who whose play has been inconsistent over the years. So, uh, But listen, one thing that's not inconsistent, is, we're talking money here, of course, is uh, is the advice that you're going to get from Immuni Financial. And the reason why I say that is because I'm an I'm a Immuni Financial customer. They haven't steered me wrong. They've steered me in the right direction. If you want to get your ship steering in the right direction amid this uh, economic storms that we're seeing at, at the seas right now, you want Immuni Financial on your side. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. I'm actually going to Colorado. I'm going in a couple yeah. weeks. So uh, that little bit that we've done for the longest time is rubbed off on me. Well, I hope that my advice to you is rubbed off on, on you, where you're going to take the time to give Immuni Financial a call or certainly visit them on the web. That's the biggest thing is go to their website and you can find out more about Immuni Financial and how they can help you plan ahead and stay ahead with your finances. Because managing your finances means more than just allocating your assets uh, at Immunity Financial. They've been doing this for over 40 years, not just in the Tampa Bay area or in Florida, but also across the country. So if you're listening to this Pewter Report podcast anywhere in America, Immunity Financial can help you. So do what I did. Give them a call, 1-800-868-6864. They can help you with college savings accounts for the kids to make sure that you got enough money saved away so you can get them into the right school. They can help you with insurance services, retirement accounts, brokerage and advisory services, and legacy planning. So make Immunity Financial your number one pick when it comes to managing your finances. Again, to help you plan ahead and stay ahead, immunity.com, 1-800-868-6864. And after you check out Immunity Financial, make sure you go back to pewterreport.com. Please follow, like, subscribe to all of our social media and our uh, YouTube platform. We are at Pewter Report on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and on YouTube, which you're watching right now. We are at Pewter Report TV. Got a ton of great videos out. Yes. More videos to come. Um, a couple of film breakdowns as well coming up very, very soon of Kalijah Cansey and Cody Mock. So um, a lot of great content. We had a couple.
Uh, we might have lost Matt there. Uh, so, but yes, I'm going to get out to Colorado. Make sure that you check out pewterreport.com. And uh, the biggest thing is check out our content at pewterreport.com. We've got J.C. Allen with a, a new article about the undrafted free agents on the offensive side, as well as one coming out tomorrow on the defensive side and a new article that I've got where we talk about, we, we take a look at the mock drafts from 2024, the way too early mock drafts. They've got the Buccaneers taking a lot of them, not all of them, but some of them had them taking Drake may from North Carolina. That might be your quarterback for next year, but uh, we'll see what Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask have to say about that this year. So Matt, I think we did it. Uh, we broke down the undrafted free agent class, talked about the steals, and I think we also pulled off the best Peter Report podcast we've ever done. Yes, we have. Greatest Peter Report podcast of all time. Greatest Peter Report podcast of undrafted free agents. And yep. uh, we're going to try to beat it tomorrow and Thursday. Yeah, Wednesday show going to be a lot of fun talking about um, everything that we heard from the Bucks defensive coaches, Larry Foote, Casey Rogers, and company on the uh, defensive side of the football. We know defense wins championships. And then Thursday's show, going to look at the draft classes of the rest of the NFC South, the rivals of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Where do the Bucks draft class stack against the Falcons, Saints, and Panthers? So a lot of great topics to get into on Wednesday and Thursday's show, but that's going to do it for us today. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you everybody for watching. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.